Welcome to Royalty Redefined, where you become the queen or king of your life. If you're ready to thrive as a visionary leader and really step into your power as the creator of your reality, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Christina Kelly. I'm a coach to seven and eight figure brands and keynote speaker who loves helping ambitious leaders create the impact they were born to create. Now it's your turn. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Royalty Redefined. We have a very special guest joining us today who I know you are going to love. And I know that this interview is going to be especially impactful for my multi-passionate entrepreneurs out there. For any multi-passionate entrepreneurs and especially my multi-passionate female business owners, this is an interview that is really going to resonate with you. I think very often we feel like we have to fit into a certain box of doing a certain thing and sticking with that forever. And within business, there's definitely something to be said about niching down. But as a person, it's a beautiful thing to explore different passions and to allow yourself to express these different parts of yourself, even if one has nothing to do with the other. This is something called being multidimensional, which basically just means that you have multiple different passions and you allow yourself to express yourself through each of them. This is something that our guest Ajitha does and also balances really beautifully. And so if you have ever felt like there's a new, maybe not even business, but a new hobby that you want to get involved in, but felt like, oh, I can't do that because that's not normally what someone in my position would do. My encouragement for you is to use this podcast episode as inspiration because Ajitha truly is an example of being able to do many different things at once and being able to do it beautifully. Now, let me share with you a little bit more about her. After a successful corporate career of over 20 years, 20 years in which at one point she was the SVP of a Fortune 500 company. Yes, you heard that right. SVP of a Fortune 500 company. Ajitha is now focused on serving corporate women at crossroads in their personal and or professional life. She is helping them to transform with clarity and action and align with their purpose. This year, Ajitha is getting ready to launch her signature program to help corporate women become healerpreneurs via Spiritual Business Incubator. She is an artist pursuing her passion in singing, modeling, and the virtual arts as well. Ajitha is also the winner of Miss India DC 2020 and Miss India Diva 2020 beauty pageants. Her purpose behind participating in them was to use the platform to share the message of being the change that one wishes to see around them. She is passionate about serving others in their transformational journey and believes that each one of us changing ourselves from within by learning to love ourselves completely is the best way to transform the overall consciousness of the planet. That is quite the introduction. Now enjoy this incredible interview with Ajitha. 
Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Even just with that bio that we had, there is so much to say there because clearly you are a woman who has done so much. But based on what I've seen from you from stalking your Facebook page, which we were talking about (laughs) before the podcast officially started recording everyone. um, But this is a woman who has done so much, but most of all has really done it with such a beautiful heart. I really want to start back at the beginning here so people can really understand more about you and your story, and then we can dive more into what you're doing today. But can you share with us really where your um, business journey began? Wow. Okay. So I'll start with where I come from. I think that'll be a good uh, background uh, level setter. So I was born in India to a very traditional, uh, typical, um, what we call a South Indian family. And uh, the interesting part about my uh, parents is that my mom uh, was extremely religious and my dad was an atheist. So growing up right there in the household with e- either of my parents, you know, both of my parents completely with opposite belief systems um, made me kind of uh, question many things right as I was, you know, into my childhood, like who's right? Who do I follow here? <laughs> so, and I, I grew up in a very, um, um, you know, traditional setting with um, going to school. I went to uh, get my graduation in uh, bachelor's in architecture. And then I did my master's in international business. And, you know, very typical of any Indian family is you've got to either be an engineer or a doctor or you're good for nothing, pretty much. <laughs> so, so I had to, I had no other option but to kind of step into engineering as my graduate degree. And then I did my master's in international business. Then I jumped into workforce. I started my career with sales and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> so like, this is not my cup of tea. I used to feel like a, you know, a child who was bullied coming back from work used to feel like, oh my God, why is this so painful? Um, but thankfully a year or so into my career, I shifted uh, roles into project program management and that I stayed in that track for almost rest of my career in technology. And um, I I had the pleasure of uh, working in a multinational bank for over 12 years in their project program management office, uh, you know, deploying some major global initiatives for them. And then deep down while I was doing all this, you know, the type A personality in me was always, you know, wanting to do more, like, you know, um, be the best and, you know, get recognized and so on. So I was always a doer. Uh, Somewhere along this path, um, the, the part of me was like, wait, there's got to be more than just this stuff. There's got to be something more. And and slowly I started feeling very uh, uncomfortable and unfulfilled is is how I would put it. I was very unfulfilled with the same nine to five, wake up, do the same type of stuff. And then, you know, in in the IT industry, the agile transformation became a thing. So that was back in 2012. And like, okay, maybe I'll step into this and see what this looks like. Um, What the long story short in that whole period over the past seven years, um, I was going through this major question mark of, you know, there's got to be more than nine to five. There's got to be more than me just, you know, waking up every day. And I'm also a mother of two boys. So, you know, just taking care of kids, get, you know, it's like the very mundane thing. I was like, there's got to be more to, more to my existence. And through that process in the past seven years, I also went through a huge life transformation. I, it was almost like everything was getting ready, uh, getting piled up for me to kind of make some big ticket decisions. So I decided to leave my uh, long-term relationship uh, who's now my ex-husband. So I, I have known him for 23 years at the time when I decided to leave the relationship. So that was uh, a, a, that was a shift. And then right after, 
uh, almost the same year, actually. I separated in 2017. I was divorced in 2019. And 2019, January was my divorce. 2019, July, I decided to quit my full-time job. It's like, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, I swear. I don't know what I was thinking, but here I am doing all these major life changes. And um, and it didn't stop there, uh, right? Um, 2018, I lost my father. And 2019 was, January was a divorce. 2019, July was my full-time job getting, you know, completed. And 2019, October, my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So then into 2020, I was going through this whole back and forth, going to India, coming back, juggling all of that. And, um, you know, my mom passed away in November of 2021. So that was like the period of those two years. So it's been like, um, you know, one after the other stuff just started unfolding. And you realize when you go through um, a phase like this, um, right from the time I decided to get out of my long-term relationship, what uh, I've come to realize is, um, is, you know, there are a lot of things, we, we spend a lot of time trying to control a lot of things in our life. And then when you, when you start to see things, there are some things in your, in your control as in decisions and how you respond to what happens to you. But at the end of the day, what I've come to realize is, is all of life's journey is more about who you become through what's happening to you more than, you know, more than what it is, right? There, there are all these things that are unfolding. I, I'm sure my story is not unique in the sense of hardships and difficulties and losses. Um, you, it, it makes you realize that almost everyone has some kind of a story like this that they are going through. So there's got to be a common thread to all of this because it's very hard to make sense of what's going on in your life from a rational standpoint. And um, then you go deep down and you seek that wisdom from within that what really is like, what's the deal with this thing <laughs> called life, right? <laughs> and then you, you come to realize that, hey, it's, you know, the common thread in all of this is me. And, and the essence of that journey really is, who am I becoming through this entire experience called life? Am I going to become bitter, become a victim, become someone who is constantly resentful of what's happening to me and asking from a victimhood of why is this happening to me and keep sulking and crying? Or am I going to look at it from a perspective of, okay, it's happened. It is what it is. What do I learn from this? And how do I grow and shift from this space? Now, I, I know it sounds very easy as I say it. I can tell you right now, the journey has been anything but difficult. You know, it's, it, uh, it, it has been, uh, did I say, I don't know if I said that right, but anything, <laughs> anything but difficult. Yeah. Uh, it, is, yeah, it has been difficult. It is. Right? So you, the, and that to me is what the essence is, is who are you becoming through this process? I, uh, and for me, that, that's where I made that choice that I am, to serve every individual, uh, especially women, given that they, our society is still very patriarch, patriarchal, that um, I wanted to serve women who are in the same place as I was seven years ago at this pivotal point of waking up to, you know, the spiritual aspect of who am I question. And as, you know, they're asking these questions, they know they are making, they are at the brink of making that big ticket decision whether it's leaving a long-term relationship or leaving a, a nine-to-five corporate job to step into their calling and their purpose. So it became very clear to me through that journey of, you know, just healing myself as I was stepping out of the relationship and stepping out of the job, I had very clear understanding that I needed to heal myself. There was a lot of healing to go through from within. And that took me through to a couple of modalities that I got certified and then also became an instructor to teach and I said, hey, this is great because it has helped me. Now I get to serve 
using these modalities for others who are in the same place as me. So that's in a nutshell my story. And that's how I landed in this particular spot right now of being in business for myself, where I am really looking forward to serving women who are at crossroads in that in that point in their spiritual journey. They're like waking up, asking these questions, and I would be more than happy to hold their hands and say, walk with me because I've been in your shoes before. Well, that whole story is so beautiful. And there's a couple of key things that I really want to take out of this based on what you just said. Number one being your perspective throughout all of this. Throughout all of this, I can't help but think that you were coming at this with such a beautiful, loving queen energy in the sense that you really said, I am the queen of my reality. I am the queen of the mission that was put upon my heart to really share with others and in really embodying this, you know, kind, loving, powerful queen energy, you went from being a victim to a victor. You know, not to say that you didn't have moments where you felt really down. I can't imagine what all of that was like all at once, truly. And, you know, when any of us have hard times, of course, we have times where we feel down. But what's so important here that I really want for anyone listening to be able to pick out of this is that no matter what you're going through in life, there is support that you can seek. You know, there's other people who you can talk to about what it is that you're going through. And even if you're not quite at that point yet where you know who to talk to, you know, always seek that out. But also know that even just to start, you can look within yourself and make the decision within yourself that you are the creator of your reality. Now, I'm sure that when you were in this process, I can imagine that maybe it wasn't easy to immediately go from this all is so difficult to I feel like a super powerful woman in control of everything. Or maybe it was really quick and instantaneous for you, but I'm sure that there are people listening to this who, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a job change, whether it's moving across the country, losing a loved one, I'm sure there's people listening who, like you, are going through a really difficult and intense transition in their lives. And I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper on what really helped you in terms of your inner dialogue with yourself to work yourself through such an incredibly transitional period? Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, for me, the journey really started um, with the awareness that what I'm going, what I was going through or waking up to wasn't, um, or instead of wasn't, I should say, was uh, something spiritual in nature. That awareness I think for, for, for many of us, that awareness steps in. We realize that it's almost like you're waking up from a sleep and saying, wait a second, this is not real. Like I'm here for something bigger, something larger than myself. And I don't know what it is though, right? That's how it was for me. That waking up was almost like waking up from a slumber of having forgotten what I was here for, doing the thing that I was told I need to be doing, go to school, get a good education, go to a job, get married, have children. I did all by the book. And only to realize at a specific point that all of that was um, me in the asleep state. So waking up in that, that sense of uh, understanding there's something more spiritual and deeper driven by my spirit from within was the first thing. That automatically led me towards healing modalities rather than going to a doctor and saying, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> you know, it, that, I'm not saying that is wrong. It's, it's, it, if you feel that's right, please proceed with that. For me, it was very clear that it was something spiritual and I needed to go to some, you know, the alternative uh, options of, you know, going into healing modalities. And the, the one modality that came to me when I was, and I was a binge uh, reader of self-help books clearly at that point, because I was already aware 
that things are in, you know, I create my reality to, to a good extent. So it even started way early on, you know, books like um, The Secret, Power of Your Subconscious Mind. I used to read these books even way back in, in my childhood days. So you are already exposed to those aspects that there's something deeper than your consciousness, uh, your conscious mind that's at play. And um, so when this book uh, called Introduction to Theta Healing, it came to me in Barnes & Noble in November 2016. Uh, I took a, like a stack of 10 books and I was sitting and reading. And then this book, I, the minute I opened it, I knew this was something that four or five pages. And I was like, I decided I will not, I didn't even finish the book. I decided I'll get certified, not even go to a, someone, go to someone who's certified to practice it, to get a session or something. Nope. I said, I'm getting certified in this because that modality was speaking deep down to my uh, awareness at that time, which is a lot of who we are is who we believe, or who we believe we are, like what we believe, right? There's a, there's a deep rooted belief about us that determines our reality because our belief feeds into our thoughts, thoughts, feed into our feelings you know there's a cycle of thoughts feelings actions and results i think many of us have heard about this cycle right and it, it and it's a reinforcing cycle and in this process there's a belief uh, that is deep rooted on a subconscious level that's creating helping you create your reality and data healing is all about finding those subconscious limiting beliefs as we call them and shifting them shifting them to be more empowering and not keeping us limited right i mean every belief is serving a purpose otherwise we wouldn't have it you know, having, you know, resenting your, resenting your uh, uh, mom or dad is keeping you safe. So that's why you're resenting. Otherwise you wouldn't. It's survival kicking in for you and that belief is serving you. So that's an example. And that modality, when it came my way, you know, I was just flying through it, certification after certification, practitioner, then became an instructor in 2019. So uh, the short answer to your question is there were, there were definitely moments of huge breakdowns and, uh, you know, going through that catharsis, journaling, speaking to myself, taking long walks, they were all part of my awakening process. The big uh, monumental or pivotal shifts happened when I stepped into this healing modality, which kind of started accelerating the shifts for me really quickly. So that has been a de de definite tool I would uh, refer to. And the second is, uh, you know, emotional freedom technique, also called tapping. I actually got recently instructor certified uh, in that just last week. And uh, so that's another technique that clears, uh, you know, when we talk about thoughts, theta healing is related to that space. EFT is related to the feelings aspect. Like you start with the feeling that you have, tap it out of your energy system so you don't get triggered by what's in store in your, in your energy space. So those are two tools that I have definitely relied on. Incredible. So really theta healing and EFT tapping are two things that have been really, really huge for you, it sounds like. And um, these are currently things that you're teaching about, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm certified as an instructor in both of these modalities. Wow. And I also uh, explored biofield tuning, which is another uh, area of interest for me using tuning folks to change and shift the energy and frequencies. I got foundation certified, but not yet practitioner. So that's probably sometime in the future. <laughs> well, this is just so incredible. I feel like you are certified and just have experience doing so many different things. But, you know, again, going back to, you know, really what we started this podcast with, it's all really with this energy of love from you. And it sounds like what I'm hearing from you is this started with you following a path that you thought was right, but you weren't quite tuned in with yourself. Um, enough to really know what was truly a part of it sounds like your soul's journey. And so 
you had this big transitional, transformational period in your life, which I think we can all relate to, or if you can't, you probably will in the future. <laughs> um, and through that, there I can't even imagine the pain in that. But what's so beautiful and something that I want every person listening to this to really pick out from this story is one, Ajitha made the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to let this make me better. And I hope that other people listening to this can really use this as inspiration because now you are doing so many other incredible things, which we are going to dive into. But um, it's so important to really highlight the and really emphasize that no matter what you're going through in life, you can come out the other end stronger, especially with a lot of these incredible healing modalities that we now have access to that allow us to tap into our subconscious mind, that allow us in many ways to become superhuman, that allow mm-hmm. us to have a whole new level of joy, bliss, um, fulfillment, prosperity, um, abundance, opportunities, all these things. And I think it's so powerful that you went through this and you came out the other end stronger. That's so beautiful. And I think that says a lot about the decisions that you're making to really fulfill your purpose. Yes. And I think it'd be wonderful for you to talk a little bit now about, you know, you had this transformational journey and then you really decide to start a new life path. And now you're doing so many different things. What was it like for you to really um, embrace so many different passions of yourself? Do you feel like it was natural? Did you feel any pushback as you were becoming incredible at so many different things? This is a great question, and I want to uh, hone in on that aspect that you mentioned, which is if you if you look around, uh, so as a society, we are conditioned with the programming that if you if you don't focus on one thing, you 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 really don't get in, get far get too far in anything, right? That's kind of the programming that we have, um, and and part of I, I almost feel like part of my purpose and the way I am wired is to demystify or or, or call it a myth and kind of disprove that aspect. And, and the reason I say that is because growing up, even as a child, to, your, to your answer your question, as a child, I always had multiple uh, interests. Um, and I still remember very vividly uh, because I think it was something I needed to remember years after, which is back when I was in my eighth or ninth grade, um, the school that I was in, they, they used to have two annual uh, events one which celebrates the cultural aspects of dancing, singing, and uh, dramatics and so on, and another which celebrates the athletics and sports aspect. And I, and I used to always go to sleep as a child during sixth, seventh grade, imagining as if that, that one year I will be up on stage for every single competition getting some type of a award, right? That was my dream. And it came true, I think it was in the ninth or 10th grade, where the school decided to do both events back to back, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. And they had one chief guest who came in as a prime uh, you know, person who would give out the um, prizes. And that evening, I would have, that one year, I participated in every possible competition, including you know, uh, things like running race and javelin, short put, all sorts of athletics. I mean, look at me. <laughs> I was just like this even then. I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. I participated in everything. And I got either first, second, or third prize. In almost, there were like one or two competitions where I didn't win anything. And, and, the, and the reason I'm bringing this to light is not so much about you know how great I am or bragging about what was happening in my childhood, but I, I and the reason I'm bringing it here is because you already have who you are, those gifts and talents within you, and the question is, are you are you really able to make the choice to express that 
or are you stifling it, holding it back, either because you've been told not to be, you know, don't, don't shine too much, or you have been told to focus on one thing, because it's very natural to say, hey, you focus on your studies, because if you're not good in your academics, you're not going to get any college admission, you will be on streets, blah, blah, blah. That's a very typical programming too. And so for me, I've had evidence of the fact that I, I had multiple talents. And that that is something that I had put in on the side for many years. Once, you know, once life came over and I kind of just put all of that aside because other things needed to be attended to. Then when, you know, when this awakening came through, it became so clear that one of if one, if not the only purpose for my existence is just be me. Right? Just be me. I am the way I am for a reason. This is by design, not by accident. I am the way I am with my talents, gifts, whether it's singing, dancing, dramatics, modeling, acting, whatever that I'm doing is all by design. I chose to show up this way by picking genes from my mom's side and my dad's side. Dad's side is all arts, visual arts. Mom's side is all performing arts. And I brought those genes with me for a reason, which is to be me. And so that awareness and that understanding was all I needed to say, I'm going to do every single thing that brings me joy. I'm going to express in every way that defines who I am. No limitations. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. As one of the very first listeners to the Royalty Redefined podcast, I have a special offer just for you that I had to interrupt this interview to tell you about. For the first two weeks that this podcast is being released, I am doing a giveaway for a $100 Amazon gift card that you can use on whatever you want and also a crown because I want to see you show up as the queen or king of your life. To be entered in this giveaway, all you have to do is leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of that review, and go ahead and DM that to me at I am Christina Kelly. Thanks so much and enjoy the rest of the interview. And I would also be curious to know, what would you say to the woman or maybe even the man who's listening to this and thinking, I don't have time to do the things that bring me joy? Hmm. Wow. Don't I hear that more often than anything else around me? In fact, the one question that I guess I get asked all the time is where do I have, where do you have the time to do all of this? And, and I think um, the short answer I can, I can give on that is, okay, let me put it the, differently, which is we all have 24 hours. I think we all have heard this many times. Every single person on this planet is gifted with 24 hours in a day. So it's not so much not having time. The question is, what's your priority? Is, is being joyful a priority for you in your life? If it is not, that's why you're not finding the time. And joy does not mean it has to be you, you know, walking in New York Fashion Week like I did, because that was joy for me. For you, it may be just spending 10 minutes with your child or going, on, going for a walk or just folding laundry, whatever is joy for you, right? That You define that for yourself. And, and that is essentially the only question I would ask is, what's your priority? And if the answer is, well, I'm too, I'm too caught up in making sure that there's enough food on the table or enough money in the bank, that's my priority right now, perfectly fine. Because that is your priority. There's nothing wrong with it. 
and maybe doing that in that format to see the bank account you know increasing in value is what brings you joy and that's fine too right there's no right this is where i feel like we get stuck so much on defining what is right and wrong based on someone else's understanding of what is right and wrong what's right for me which in my personal story was to get out of that relationship that i was in that may not be right for somebody else so for somebody else staying in a relationship is feeling right so it's very it's it's very hard to make decisions with someone else's lens on it you can only make decisions with your lens on it and if what you're doing right now is bringing you joy do it if not then ask yourself what is that priority that i can pull up in my list of priorities that can bring me joy mm. so then you so, make time absolutely what i'm really hearing from you too is it's the importance of people taking a moment to step back and really identify what is your priority but then even once you do determine your priority how you can even set aside like you just said in your example maybe 10 minutes to fold laundry you know some people find that very therapeutic I don't, yes. but some people love it, right? For me, that ten minutes of joy is dancing. You know, for everyone, it's something different. But I think it's so important too to what you just mentioned here. Um, a takeaway that people from the audience can get is take a step back, think about what's truly important to you. Maybe create a little list, and then from there, really ask yourself: Okay, for the things that do bring me joy, can I set aside ten minutes a day, thirty mm-hmm. minutes a week? 15 minutes once every 2 weeks right whatever it is and really take those small action steps to live a truly more fulfilling life and this is something that i think is so important especially for leaders to really recognize because you know the way that we lead ourselves is a reflection of the way that we're going to lead other people and so the more that we are able to really lead ourselves with love the more that we're really able to take care of ourselves and things like that the more that we're really able to be a reflection of love and prosperity and just really help people grow in the world which of course leads to more um abundance for everyone. Um I would love for you to kind of touch on this a little bit just in your experience with being such a highly transformative leader and also in working with other transformative leaders um other people who are starting businesses. What would you say are the key things that really helps people to become such transformative leaders based on what you've seen in yourself and also what you've coached other people through first thing i would say is a very deep connection to your own inner spirit and to what you know you may term as universe god creator however you term that source energy in your own uh, terms and ways it's deepening that connection deepening that understanding that you're more than the physical presence here and now and and you and and you are a sum total not just of who you have appearing here and now but you have prepared for this for a lot for a very long time right so we we tend to put this lens on to say well i've only been in business for a year or i i i've only been uh, you know exposed to this part of my career i don't know anything about marketing i don't know anything about finance now all of this is coming from your limited self in the personality level the truth is that you as a spirit has been preparing for this time for a very long time and you're also the other the second element i would say is the openness and willingness to ask for help right a lot of us are not ready to ask for help it feel you feel either obligated you feel like it's an obligation if someone were to help you support you 
So I think as long as you understand that there's more to you than who you think you are just by this personality level. And two is willing and be ready to be open to the fact that there are other souls walking the planet right now with whom you've made a deal to say, hey, when I step into the, my, my this purpose, so-called purpose, please, you, you know, you're going to show up and help me through this journey. And we've made those deals that, are, that we can tap into. But there again comes the choice, right? Everything you don't change, you're choosing. What you don't change, you're choosing. So that's where the openness to say, yeah, I'm ready. I, I'm ready to ask for help so that I can grow. So the openness to ask for help is some is very fundamental a mindset shift. And the third element I would say as you know, whether as entrepreneurs or otherwise, is the openness to receive. A lot of us who are stepping into our own roles as entrepreneurs, as people who want to serve others from a servant leadership standpoint, are givers. We are so used to giving that anytime, even if we are given a scholarship or given something as a, as a gift from somebody, we feel guilty taking that. And that's because we are never wired to you know, be open to receiving. So these, I think, are the three things fund, foundationally I would expect us to be aware of to shift. All of these are so hugely important, and I could not agree with you more. Number one, really alignment with the self which I believe really comes from really spending time with yourself. A lot of, too, the deep healing work that you mentioned, including, you know, theta healing and things like that. The second part of this that you mentioned is really making sure that you're able to ask for help, which I know is really hard for leaders. But the third thing that you just spoke about is something that is not spoken about enough, and we need to dive more into this. And that last part is really being able to receive. And it's so funny because when you say it out loud – It sounds crazy. I remember the first time someone told me that I have a hard time receiving. I was like, what are you talking about? If someone wants to give me something, of course I'm going to say yes. But when it really came down to it, I found myself being in situations almost like self-sabotage where people would be like, I want to give this to you. I really want to help you. And I'd be like, no. Then I take a step back and think to myself, wait, why did I just tell this person no or feel the need to overcompensate? And I think this is especially um, prevalent in female leaders. And so from your perspective, I would love to hear what things you've been able to do to really help you become better at being able to not only give abundantly, but also receive abundantly and how that has really impacted your growth and also your business. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, As I always refer to, and I have an amazing mentor and a coach that I work with, her name is Victoria Rader. She's also my Theta Healing teacher. And she's a big, um, you know, um, teacher of universal laws. And if you think about it, when we are not open to receiving, we're also blocking somebody's ability to give to us, right? We never think of it that way. We say, oh, I'm not ready to receive because this is too much for me. I don't know why I should receive it. I mean, let me give a simple example. And you very rightly pointed to female leaders or women. When, When somebody gives you a compliment, the first thing we look to do, to do is how to discount it. First thing we do, right? Oh, you have this, the stop is amazing. Oh, it's a very old one. It's, I've been, I don't even know where I bought it from. It's very old, right? It's very, whatever. So we try to discount things immediately because we are not ready to receive a compliment, a simple thing like a compliment. And that is, that is if, you know, if anyone who's listening, if this is your behavior, I just want to bring that to awareness first. Because I used to be like that. And now I have shifted where somebody gives me a compliment. I say, thank you. That's all we need to say. Thank you. 
because they're, they're giving you something and you're receiving it gracefully by saying thank you. And anytime we discount it, we have not allowed the energy of that giver, that giving act to really be received fully. And when we don't receive fully, what has been given has no place to go. So we don't want to block somebody's joy of giving by our inability to receive. That understanding itself shifted things for me to say, yeah, you want to give me something, I'm happy to receive it because that's your opportunity that I'm opening up for giving as well. I'm serving you even there by opening up the energy of your giving to me and I'm receiving it. So this is this is the law, universal law uh, says, you, you know, everything has to be flowing. We don't want to be blocking anything. And, and hence, we allow for this flow through opening to receive. This understanding and this shift has been, uh, you know, a big one, not just from a compliment standpoint, which I get a lot these days. I'm, I'm able to gracefully smile and say thank you without needing to discount it, without needing to justify it, without needing to feel guilty about it. You see all these variations that this lack of ability to receive manifests into, right? So that's that's one thing. And of course, um, the um, the ability to receive abundantly from a you know money or any aspect opportunities right ideas and opportunities are universe's currency ideas and opportunities are universe's currency we think of it as money as the you know the real deal of receiving but ideas ultimately acted upon yields money money is an energetic form of what it is that we are ready, able to live our lives here in the physical with. Metaphysically, ideas and opportunities are really what brings us the, um, the ways to serve and give and receive, all of that. So um, for me, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a beautiful journey of um, allowing myself to receive in many ways uh, where opportunities are, you know, they, they come naturally as doors open, because now I'm now my frequency has shifted of one that is not no longer blocking it, but I'm now open to receiving them. So I can the one of the biggest things for me is every client, every student has found me and shown up for my classes. It's either through word of mouth or just random Googling, finding me showing up, right? And that is an is in itself an example that when you're stepping into your purpose and calling and you're open to receiving. You're going to have people show up automatically. So beautiful. And in a way too, you know, almost a funnier, different way to think about this is that by you even taking the compliment of someone saying yes to your shirt, or, or I'm sorry, taking the compliment of like, yes, you know, thank you. I love this shirt. You know, it's beautiful, whatever. You energetically are opening yourself up to greater opportunities. And what's interesting about this too is I'm even thinking, you know, about the people who I love to help. When I tell someone I want to help you with something small and they accept that, I am way more willing to help them with something bigger or to give them a much bigger opportunity. Whereas I think about people in my life who I've tried to say, hey, can I help you out with this? Can I give you this resource? I just really want to support you. And they say no to that. When there's future opportunities that I want to send to them, I'm not as likely to do so because I just don't think they'd be open to receive it. And so... From an energetic perspective, this is so real, right? You have to be aligned to that energy of abundance. But also, too, when we think about it in more of, um, 
even just like a broken down kind of a way, it's really just thinking back to your own life. Think about the people who you love to give to the most. Think about the people who maybe it's harder to give to sometimes. When you're really saying, yes, I am open to receive, you're showing other people that you're willing to accept their support and their help and their guidance or resources or whatever it is in order to fulfill your own mission to make the world a better place. And so I'm so glad that you just touched on that. Yeah, th- thank you. There's some other um, something else that came to me as you were saying. In fact, the way we, you and I met was when I said yes to something you were um, sharing with the community that we are both part of. And I said yes, because I wanted to receive what you were to offer. In, in what I see a lot of us defaulting to is doubt, you know, uh, uh, questioning the intention of the person who's giving. That yes. also blocks receiving, right? Oh, this person has an agenda why they are giving something for free. This person has some you know, something going on in the background that they want from me. Now, those are all stories we are making up in order for us to not receive. So that's another thing to become aware of. Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. That's so true. And I think that there are some circumstances where maybe some people do have another agenda and things like that. But at the same time, if you are aligning yourself with the right people with, you know, pure intentions, then you are more than likely to receive those opportunities like, walking in New York Fashion Week, like attracting (laughs) aligned students, like having this thriving business and so many incredible other things. Something else that I was actually really curious to chat with you about today is in your experience with leading other people and especially in your experience with being the SVP of a Fortune 500 company. You know, I also come from working in corporate and working in a lot of different companies. I worked in seven other businesses around the world before starting my own business. I'm sure there's also some listeners on here who either are currently, you know, a leader in corporate or maybe an employee in corporate. And as someone who is now um, so awake, so self-aware, and I'm sure that you've always been a person who really led with love, I'd be really curious to know what do you think could be done to impact the... um, productivity and just overall bring more positive energy into different business organizations? This is a great question. Now you're now you're tapping into a part of me that I haven't talked about yet in this call, which is um, I'm also tailing down in another role that I play, another hat that I wear as an enterprise agile coach. And uh, one of the key factors that put me in that uh, role right now um, is transforming the organizational consciousness. And there again, we are talking about, you know, the not the traditional ways of working. We're talking about shifting the mindset to be more agile, which means you're doing things that are very laser focused on serving your customer. And hence, you have shorter, uh, you know, cycles of whatever product that you're developing. And you're focused on getting feedback from your uh, customer, then you're pivoting constantly the the way Silicon Valley companies work, right? So, so. To me, the the main aspect of productivity is two things. One, you, in any organizational setting, you have to be valuing your people as the number one asset. And unfortunately, not every organization does so. For a lot of organizations, people is um, an expense, (laughs) unfortunately. But in fact, they are actually the asset which can make or break your company. And that, that is at an organizational level. And um, the second thing I see is the mindset that people have to be controlled or managed. They are like a resource that seem to be treated as resources to be managed or controlled in order to deliver something product with productivity. 
and there, there are all these tools being brought in, et cetera, et cetera. But at the, at the root of it, have we really um, empowered our, our people to be leading with the heart, with their heart at the workplace, aligning their passion with the job that they do and upskilling them in the, in the area that they are passionate about rather than trying to box them into our definitions of what the roles are and expecting them to fit within that box. So you, by doing that, you're stifling creativity, you're stifling productivity. So the two things that I'm talking about, people being the asset and empowering people, is to me the core foundational shift that needs to happen in organizations for us to see something different. Um, there's a whole slew of people that are walking out of corporations to be their own bosses for that very simple reason, because they don't feel free in an organizational setting. They want to be their own boss. They're sick and tired of being controlled, being micromanaged, being you know helicopter uh, parented in a, in a work setting. They're like, I, I just want to go do my own thing. My heart's not in this. So I think that is those two elements are super important. Um, and then comes, of course, the empowered people will find ways to make things productive because they are idea-centered, they're excited, they're passionate, they'll figure their way. Mm -hmm. So what you're really saying then is that when leaders really empower people and really lead them with love and really recognize the power within them, then what they're able to do is to be able to create a business where things can run more effectively. Yes. Clearly, you are a very busy woman, but also very very balanced, right? What I'm sensing from you is this energy of really just everything you create is in such great joy and you are creating from an overflowing cup. And there are a lot of people listening to this who I'm sure are multi-passionate and they want to do a lot of things, but they're really unable to create from that overfilling cup. Hence why burnout happens. Hence why maybe they're not able to see the results they want in different things. And so I would love to know, how do you take care of yourself amidst growing a business and doing so many other different things? Um, what do those practices look like for you? And what are maybe one or two things that you would suggest to other really multi-passionate women? Beautiful question. Um, the first thing I would suggest is find a tool or a technique that works for you, which could be meditation. It could be dance. It could be sleeping or combination of all of this, in which for me, it is a combination of all of this. Um, so find what works for you and uh, put them into your calendar. Um, when I say put them into your calendar, this is where my uh, left brain analytical organized project manager shows up and says, girl, if you don't have this in your calendar, it's got no place. You're not, you're not going to do it, right? So um, I made a conscious decision, I have made a conscious decision to prioritize health. So I have um, a, uh, three days a week, I have my fitness routine put into my calendar, there's no running away from it. Um, then my weekends are I've, I've made a conscious decision to cut down my work hours during weekends, because I'm also consulting right now while building my business in parallel. So my nine to five is already taken through my consulting thing. And then my evenings and my weekends are all I have for my business. Yet, I made a conscious decision to stop working on Saturday by noon for, on my business so that I can, my Saturday afternoons are my rest and my me time, family time. And Sunday morning, it's again continuing me time, family time. And then Sunday evening, I put time aside for my uh, band practice. I'm a singer in a local band, so I go for my band practice. And so you, you, just, you just make time in what's important for you. Like, I made a decision that in a month, I will, I'll only do one modeling shoot and that'll be on Saturdays or Sundays where I can 
where I already have blocked out my time. Mm-hmm. So it's not impacting all the other things. So long story short, the answer is um, make sure you have built time in to rest. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm never shy of declining something that I have committed to if I'm not feeling up to it because I'm tired and I'm not in my best effort. I even if even if that means I have to reschedule something, I do that without guilt because if I cannot show up in the, my best version, the person who I've committed to is not going to get get the best either. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of us feel guilty. We overcome it and then under deliver. I would say commit to you know what you know you can and not not feel guilty about needing to you know reschedule because your health is number one. This is so inspirational to me, and I know to every other person listening to this, but especially the woman who is multi-passionate, the woman who wants more, the woman who is yearning for more, the woman who is looking to fulfill her sole purpose as a leader of love in the world. And you are just such a beautiful example of a woman who has been through incredible heartache and hardship, unlike something I could imagine yet at the same time chose to really rise up as the queen of her life and then said, I want to do so many different things and I'm going to get them done. And I really hope for everybody listening to this, that the number one thing that you're taking away is that, you know, with alignment and really conscious action, you can have all the things that you want. You can be all the different things that you want. You can experience so much fullness in life. That's really what I'm feeling from you. And so I really hope that the women listening to this are just getting excited as they're listening to this and knowing that there's so many you know tools and resources available to them to really help them step into this multidimensional transformational leadership position that I know you've put yourself in through a lot of conscious action and also a lot of hard work. Yes, thank you so much for that, Christina. The one message I want to leave everyone with is there is plenty of time for what you came here to do. So we can happily and freely let go of the fear of missing out, fear of, you know, not having time. This is all just fear. When that trust and faith comes in saying, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And I know exactly where I'm headed with the guidance and the trust that I hold within my heart. There's plenty of time to do what you came here to do. Mm, Absolutely. Closing question. I would love to know, what does leading with love mean to you? Leading with love is following your heart. Your heart is far more wise and intelligent than anything else um, that I know of. And your heart is wired for who you are, what you have come here to do. And when you open your heart, even though you may have experienced heartbreaks and hardships and losses, if you can build the courage to keep your heart open through this journey, that's leading with love for me. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I'm sure at this point, everyone listening to this is wondering, how do I get in contact with Ajitha? How do I learn more about her? How can I also become this transformational healer and really just a woman so in tune with herself who's also wanting to share those gifts to the world? So I would love to know what exciting projects people can really be on the lookout from you about and then how people can get in contact with you about them. Thank you for asking that. The most um, upcoming uh, two big events that I have is I'm 
launching my very first uh, emotional freedom technique uh, practitioner certifications um, end of this month, April 30th, level one, May 1st, level two, May 7th, level three. So three levels of practitioner certifications, uh, classes I'm conducting. And I'm also doing the first level of theta healing class, May um, 13th through 15th, I think I can't remember the exact, the, the following weekend. And, uh, and I'm uh, starting my uh, spiritual business on incubator program, uh, which is going to be my group program with an online component uh, of pre-recorded videos eventually for that, which is to help women who are, who probably heard this interview resonated saying, that's me. I'm asking all these questions and I want to be in this place where Ajita is. And, you know, that's, that program is going to take them through a journey of you know, healing themselves, clearing their own blocks, and also setting them up as an entrepreneur with two certifications, one uh, emotional freedom technique and one in theta healing that allows them to practice it, not just for themselves, but also launch it as a business towards the end of the program. So that's called the Spiritual Business Incubator, where I've combined my spirituality and my technology background to call this an uh, incubator for those women who are ready to start up their spiritual businesses. So those are the two or three main events that are upcoming in my land. And um, anyone listening to this can definitely find me on my website. Address is www.ajitas.com. It is A-J-I-T-H-A-S dot C-O-M. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me. There's an email address in there. You can get a hold of me through either of those ways. Perfect. Well, I'm going to make sure to include the link to all of that in our show notes. So you can go ahead and check out the description of this podcast episode in order to learn more about how to get in contact with Ajitha. It has been such an honor and such a joy to be able to have you on the show as one of the very first podcast guests. You've already done so many incredible things. And I have no doubt that this is actually just the start for you. So I'm excited to continue to follow along with your journey. And I know that the women listening to this have to be leaving just feeling so inspired. So thank you for your time today and to our audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this gave you a little bit more inspiration on how to really be able to lead with love. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.